The other day, um, Hayden came up to me. I was at my house. I was on the patio, and he comes up, and he says, Dad, can I get your blower? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And didn't hesitate about it, didn't worry about it, you know, and I gave it to him. And I gave it to him because I believed he was going to use it. I didn't believe he was going to sell it. I didn't believe he was going to break it or anything else. I believed he was going to use it. He needed my blower to do some work at his house. So it was no big deal. Of course you can use the blower. And he did. And I say that to you because I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are graciously given. I believe if you go to your father and say, can I have this particular gift? Because that blower for Hayden was a gift from me. And I allowed him to have that. And I believe that when we go to God and we ask the Lord for gifts, I believe God's response is absolutely. Sure, you can have it, you know, and he expects you to use it. He doesn't expect you to take his blower to your house and put it in your garage and do nothing with it. He doesn't expect you to sell it or make merchandise of his gifts or to manipulate people with his gifts. But he certainly expects us to use his gifts in the appropriate manner that he is giving them to us to use. And I pray that we would take that to heart. I would imagine that all of you pray often that you want to be like Jesus. That you would pray for God to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. And I believe that in so many regards, that's a sincere prayer in our hearts. But Jesus Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Ghost. He was led of the Spirit. He was governed by the Holy Spirit. And all of the works that Jesus Christ performed were done in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's one thing for us to pray to be like Jesus. And it's another thing for us to be hungry and passionate for the Spirit of God that came upon Jesus, lived through Jesus, and acted through Jesus. And for us to really say that I want this Holy Spirit in my life. And I think maybe sometimes our prayers might not be as sincere as they should be because we, oh, I want to be like Jesus, but for the Holy Spirit to really come in me and come upon me and, and just do things through my life that are supernatural, empowered by God. Jesus was never refusing the Holy Spirit. He was never refusing his father. The gifts of the Holy Spirit that were coming upon Jesus Christ were being used by him. In every way that the Father would want him to use those gifts. Everything God the Father wanted to do in the earth. He was able to do it through Jesus Christ without any conflict whatsoever. There was not a debate. There was not an argument. There was no contentions. Even when Jesus was in the Garden of Eden and he was having to do something that was weighing upon him so heavily. That he was even near to death in the Garden. He allowed himself to provide no conflict with his father. Not what I want, but what you want. Let that be done. And I say that to us because our father in heaven is incredibly gracious. He's lavish when he gives his gifts out. He's not stingy. He's not greedy. 
He's not reluctant. He's not disappointed when you ask him for the gifts. And I believe that even when we're asking him, I believe his heart has already said yes through Jesus Christ. It's a matter of us picking those gifts up and doing things with them through faith, through the power of the Holy Spirit. The next time you pray to be like Jesus, I would ask you to keep in your heart That if you really pray that prayer, I would ask you to pray with a hunger that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit and governed by the Holy Spirit and walk with him and believe him to do things through your life that are things you would never, never be able to do apart from God. The kingdom of God is here. It is here in the spirit. It is here in power. When Jesus came to earth, he declared that the kingdom of heaven is before you. The kingdom of God was demonstrated through miracles and wonders and signs. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. The tormented were relieved. The devils were cast out. Jesus never intended for his kingdom to retreat or diminish when he would leave the earth. He intended that what he began on the earth would be continued through his disciples. Ordinary, common, unqualified people like us. Who would be qualified by Jesus and empowered by his very own spirit. This is what Jesus desired. So the Holy Ghost was given. He was sent to the church. The church was created to be the Holy Spirit's body. That he would have a body to operate in upon the earth. Nothing can stop the Holy Spirit but the refusal of his body. And as Jesus provided no conflict with his father. Oftentimes in the body of Christ we provide conflict to the Holy Spirit. He can be grieved. He can be resisted. He can be quenched. And so it's nothing that is going on in this world that is hindering the Holy Spirit. But it would be believers who are not believing. Believers who are desiring to be Christ-like but have no hunger for the Holy Ghost. Believers who want to see miracles in the earth but do not believe that God would do it through them. They're always sitting around watching for someone else to do it. Someone else pray. Someone else lay hands. Someone else believe rather than me. But the church is a body. And not everybody is a hand. And not everybody is a foot. Not everybody is a mouth or an ear. It takes the whole body for the Holy Spirit to have his way on the earth. And we must desire that. The kingdom of God is here in every bit as it was when Jesus was on the earth through the person of the Holy Spirit. We should still be able to minister in this kingdom authority and power. The only difference is the body that the Holy Spirit is having to operate through. To this fact, the church must awaken. And the church is awakening to this fact, but we must all wake up. If we are indeed the body, we must all wake up. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to read a few scriptures with you tonight. 
<clears throat> and I want to talk about the power of God and the gifts of God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul makes this declaration and he says in verse 20, <clears throat> For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. <clears throat> but how true would it be for us to say that for decades now, for most Christians, the kingdom of God has been in word <clears throat> and not in power. We rely upon people. We rely upon orators. We rely upon ministers, preachers, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We admire those who are so skilled to be able to bring wonderful Bible teachings out and think, oh, these are going to be the people who rescue the day. <clears throat> but that's not what the kingdom of God is in. The kingdom of God is in power. It is not by might. It is not by power, our, our ability. But it is by the power of God's spirit that these things are done. In Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to read several things from the Gospels. But in Luke chapter 9, and we're going to look at this and we're going to go to Matthew chapter 10 as well. And I want you to see it. But in Luke 9, Jesus says in verse 57, or it records this. It came to pass that... As they went in the way, a certain man said to him, Lord, I will follow you whithersoever you go. And, and that's really what Jesus wants. He wants followers. He, he's not, it's not this sinner's prayer that people pray. It's following Jesus Christ. Many people say a sinner's prayer and they don't follow Jesus. They've just included Jesus into their life, maybe as an insurance policy. But Jesus asked us to follow him. Come and follow me. <clears throat> if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy to be my disciple. So following Jesus just means following Jesus. It, that's what it, where is he? Where is he going? That's where I'm going to be. Where, where is his presence? That's where I'm going to be. I'm going to follow him. And so that means if I have fallen in sin, that doesn't wreck my Christianity. I'm going to keep following Jesus. And if I'm doing great and God has worked some miracle in my life, I'm not going to be obsessed with the miracle. I'm going to get my eyes back on Jesus and follow Jesus. I'm following him. <clears throat> and he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man <clears throat> has nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, <clears throat> let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said to him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I want to just bring verse 60 out to you. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. What was Jesus's expectation of people preaching the kingdom of God? What's the expectation that you have when you preach? <clears throat> because we're all preachers. We're all promoting something. 
And so, what is your expectation when you preach? What was Jesus' expectation of his preachers? And I want to turn to Matthew chapter 10 for that answer. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, it says, And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That's his expectation. Don't preach for money, but preach in power. I expect you, when you go and preach this kingdom, I expect you to heal the sick. I expect you to cleanse people from diseases. I expect you to cast out devils. I am giving you this authority freely. Don't make merchandise of it, but go do it. In another passage, Jesus said, where you're not welcomed, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next city because everybody's not going to receive this. Even if you are bringing such blessing, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God wants to bring blessing into the world. It wants to bring blessings into communities. It wants to bring blessings into people's homes. That's why it was for so long throughout history where where Christianity was widely accepted. It was so wonderful. People were so excited to, to house a pastor, to let a missionary stay in their house. They were so excited about that because it was the kingdom of God coming into their house. And when that person, that man, that woman that was called out as a minister of God's kingdom and they were sent into the world to, as, as a, in ministry to do that, they would actually leave their peace in that home. It's real, guys. It, it really does take place and it's very exciting. Carla and I love to have preachers stay in our house. For those very reasons, the, the kingdom of God being there. And, and the kingdom of God blessing our home. Jesus has this expectation that where the kingdom of God is going to go, I want there to be blessings. I, I want people to be helped. I, I want the sick to be whole. I, I want those that are oppressed to find relief from their oppressions. Those that are addicted and tormented by devils. I, I want them to be set free. You're the ones that are going to do this in my name. I'm giving you the authority. You don't have this power in yourself. Y'all, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is normal Christianity. This is not... The devil has done a, a, an incredible work in, in, in the church throughout history to make the church stale and stagnant and non, non-supernatural and non-miraculous. But that, that's the abnormality of church. The normality of church is the supernatural presence of the supernatural God. Working through common people so that the world watches with their mouth open. In awe of what God is doing in the world and people are blessed. That's normal Christianity. You should settle for nothing less than that. You should settle, If you're a true believer, you should settle for nothing less than that. God doesn't want to settle for anything less than that. 
And, 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 and maybe you sit there and you ask the question, would God really do that? But, but what's really going on is God's asking the question, will you do that? It's not a matter of, well, God, of course God will. He sent the Holy Spirit to do that and continues to do that. It's happening all over the world right now. I don't want you to miss out on that. I don't want our church to miss out on that. I want us to participate in these last days moves of the Holy Ghost and the last days harvest of the Holy Spirit. I pray to God that we will. I pray to God that we will roll up our sleeves and not be Pharisees, but just be real people and be able to take in the hurting and be able to let people come here who are looking for Jesus Christ and and, and, and they're dirty and they're messy and they're not religious and they don't know about Jesus. And maybe they're, 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 they're familiar with all types of doctrines and religions and everything. And maybe they're standing in, in our front yard smoking a cigarette. And oh, God forbid, you know, somebody walks up and chews them out because they're smoking a cigarette on the church. They're about to come into the church because they're looking for reality and we send them running. I pray that we will have this heart to be able to let people come and see our Jesus. And they, they may not look like us or smell like us. They might come drunk, but the Holy Spirit can sober them up for God's sake. Just give Jesus the opportunity to do a miracle in their life. And we're not Pharisees and religious and we run them off because they open their door and a beer can falls out. Or a Jack Daniels bottle falls. And praise God, they came to church to look for Jesus. <clears throat> Numbers of people hear that online and not like that. <clears throat> but I believe that. I, I long for that. To put ourselves in the position, in the situation where we need the miracle of God. And I'm not just saying bringing it to the churchyard. We should go out there. We should be in the streets. We should be where the homeless are. We should be where the hurting are. We should be there where the, where the police are scared to go. And we should go and we should walk into those places and we should heal the sick and cast out the devils. And cure. We, we should do that. That's where the church should be. Our sheriff not long ago called the churches together. The pastors of the churches and begged us. He said... The, the problem's bigger than us. We, we cannot manage the crime that's in Baton Rouge. We cannot manage what's going on in our parish. And churches, pastors, we need y'all to pray. We need y'all to help us. And I, I think it just fell like a dud to the ground. His, his request, I think it just fell like a dud to the ground. And how sad, how, how absolutely sad that is. When God has invested in our life, this incredible invitation and power of the Holy Spirit to walk through, work through our life. I don't want the normalcy of modern Christianity. I want what Jesus expected. And this is what he expected through the preaching. Back in Luke chapter 11, it says this, Jesus says it in verse 20. He says to the, to the skeptics who are calling him a devil. Jesus says, if I with the finger of God cast out devils. No doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. So that's how you, Jesus is telling them. You know, you know why I'm not Beelzebub? You, you know why? I'll prove to you the kingdom of God. Because this is happening by the power of God. 
The kingdom of God has come. And this is what he's saying in Romans chapter 15. This is uh, a passage I've read to you so many times. But in Romans chapter 15, Paul says this about the gospel and how he preached it and what his expectation was and what his normal experience was. It was normal for Paul. He says in verse 18, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me. To make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Elycrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Oh, I pray this gospel would be fully preached by every one of us. I pray that it would be preached in its fullness. And that is not simply in word, but it is in power. It is in what Paul says here, that it is through mighty signs and wonders. Don't be fooled by mighty signs and wonders. The word is not irrelevant. The word is very important. And many people can be deceived by signs and wonders and miracles and acts and all types of things like that. You could not separate what Jesus did from what he said. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit capitalizes on that in Acts chapter 1. When it writes and it says, this is my treaty to you, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus Christ began both to do and to teach. You knew the kingdom of God had come to the people, not simply because the devil was being cast out, but because the the word of the kingdom was being preached by Jesus Christ. The message and the work lined up. If the works or the miracles don't line up with the word, don't be deceived by the miracle. But when you're preaching the word, believe for the miracles. Jesus said these signs will follow those that believe. And this was Paul's habit. Go to look at the very last chapter of the book of Acts and notice Paul's life. It just concludes with this. This is what he did. And it says in, in verse 30, Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbid, forbidding him. He was, in t- he was in a type of prison. And while he was in that prison, people just kept coming to him. And what is Paul doing? He's preaching the kingdom of God. And I believe he was preaching it in a Romans 15 style with mighty signs and wonders. And I believe he was preaching the kingdom of God like Jesus expected the kingdom of God to be preached. And he was also teaching things that concern Jesus Christ. And so if you encountered Paul, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find Paul not being able to stop talking about Jesus. And powerful wonders are being done through his life. And he talks about Jesus. A lot of the things that we see today, a lot of the movements of, quote, miracles and wonders, it's a lot of hype about men. 
It's a lot of talk about men it's a lot, or women. It's a lot of talk about my anointing. It's a lot of talk about me going to my next level, me advancing to my next place. It's all about me. It's all about I. It's all about it. But when you went around, Paul, it's all about Jesus Christ, and it's the kingdom of God being demonstrated through my life. And I pray to God it just get up in our skin and we would long for this and we would desire for this. The kingdom of heaven is always present and it has the power to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, to preach the gospel. Sickness and death are banished and overpowered by God. The removal of blindness and lameness, crippledness, deafness, dumbness through the kingdom of God. There is the remedy to hunger and thirst and famine. The kingdom of God comes and it brings blessings to communities. Miracles are an essential nature to the kingdom of God. Miracles are an essential element to the presence of God. And miracles are an essential testimony of the people of God. How do you know that the people are the people of God, but by the wonder of the presence of God and the supernatural that rest upon their life, ministry, the the miracles that in Jesus's life was the norm of his ministry. It's the norm of the book of Acts. Oh, for God's sake, let it be the norm of the church today in 2024. I pray that we would long for this. I pray that we would desire it. It is contrary to nature that men born of God would live and act different from the nature of God. Something is wrong in the nature if a bird cannot fly. Something is wrong in the nature if a fish cannot live in the water. Something is wrong in that nature. And something is wrong in the nature of a child of God if they cannot believe and walk and manifest the presence of God through their life. Something is wrong with that. And I pray to God that the Lord would bring healing wherever it's needed. Bring a stir, bring a fire, bring, bring something that would poke us and provoke us and stir us. God, the Holy, Holy Spirit said, hey, I'm talking about you. Not, not in the way of shame, not in the way of, oh my gosh, no, that's not it at all. Please don't even go to that. It's, it's in the realm of God's like saying, open up your heart, your eyes, your faith. Look what I want to do in the world. Look what I want to do in Baton Rouge. Look what I want to do on these streets. And for us to believe that God will absolutely do those things. Absolutely do those things. Power is the essence of the Christian's witness. Power is not a gospel accessory. It's not a bell on a bike. It's the testimony of a present and living God. It's the, it's the mechanism of the whole machine of what it does. Christianity is either supernatural or it's nothing at all. For we serve a supernatural Jesus, preach a supernatural gospel, and hold in our possessions a supernatural Bible. If you take away the miraculous, you've taken away Christianity. Churches become nothing but a social and ethical club. We are simply conductors, promoters, professors, but not people who are demonstrators of a living God 
I want to demonstrate the living God. I want us to be conductors of God's power. Those who manifest God's presence. And those who demonstrate God's love. Which I think is one of the greatest miracles in the world today. Is the demonstration of the love of God. And the care of God. The concern of God in people's lives. So I want you to do something with me. This is what I desire. And I pray that you will help me with this. I would like for you, if you would, to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I might have said 15. 1 Corinthians 13. While you're turning there, I wanted to just read this to you. We all have gifts that are different according to grace. We all have gifts that are different, but they are given to us. They are gifts. Rest assured that when you begin to operate in a gift, you will be in an uncomfortable place. It's much different than operating in a talent. A talent that you have somewhat confidence in because you have confidence in your ability to do that. But a gift is different. You're having to trust the gift. You're having to trust the giver of the gift. You're having to operate in faith. And so I, have, I think it is important for us to understand that. And all of our gifts are different. And they're given to us according to grace. So if you prophesy, or if you're given the gift of prophecy, then prophesy. <clears throat> but do it according to your faith. If you have ministry... Serve in your ministry. And don't think ministry is a pulpit. It's ministry. It's caring. It's nurturing. It's helping. If you have a ministry of teaching or a gift of teaching, then teach. Don't be jealous of those that teach and you don't. And teachers shouldn't be jealous of those that minister. We all have different gifts that are given to us by grace. If you have a ministry of exhorting or encouraging, then encourage people. If you have a ministry that gives, then give simply. In other words, it says give with simplicity. It means don't manipulate the receiver. Don't give a gift. Don't help somebody out and then want to hold it over their head. Just simply give it. Let it be done. If you're given the gift to rule, then do it with diligence. Careful with it. If you show mercy, show mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor what is evil. Cleave to what is good. Be kindly affection to one another with brotherly love. In honor, prefer one another. Don't be slothful in your business. Be fervent in your spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Continue instant in prayer. And back to gifts. Distribute to the necessity of the saints. That means look around and find what the needs are. And when you see a need and you can help, help. If you can't help, maybe you can organize a group that will help. Be given to hospitality. That's where we get the word hospital. Open up your life to be a hospital. 
Open up your home to be a hospital. I got a text from my cousin. He took in a homeless man who's been living with him for the last couple of days. His my, my cousin's wife was in a car accident last year and she passed away. He lives by himself. So he took in this homeless man. He's been with him. He's been complaining about headaches. He took the man to the doctor. Finds out he's got a tumor in his brain. And my cousin says, we're the only family he has now. And we're going to take care of him. And I just thought, man, that's hospitality. That's what makes Christianity unique. Bless those that persecute you. Bless them. Don't curse them. Rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. Be of the same mind. Don't be contentious. Don't fight. Don't debate. Don't be arrogant. Don't don't think yourself to be mightier than you are. And really understand what you are. Because we're all the same. There's only one mighty and that's Jesus. So so these are gifts that, that we have. We have gifts of preaching and teaching and ministry and ruling. The giving of mercy, hospitality. All of these things are gifts that are given by grace, right? By grace. You, the word grace there is charisma. It's like you don't earn it. You, you don't earn it. You're, you're already qualified for it. You're already qualified. It, it would be like if you went to your father and said, um, can I have mercy? Sure. But I'm expecting you to use that mercy. Like when Hayden came and said, can I have the blower? Sure. But I expect you to use it. Can, can I have a gift of teaching? Sure. But now I expect you to teach. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you'd open there with me. I'm actually going to be in chapter 12. I'm so sorry. I'm going into 13. Well, I'm not even going to go to 13. Verse 31. Covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Chapter 14, verse 1. It's the more excellent way. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts but rather that you may prophesy. So we're told in verse 31 of chapter 12 to earnestly covet the best gifts. That word covet's so strong. So you know already whether you've been doing that or not. You know if you're coveting something. And then he says in chapter 14, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. And you know if you're doing that or not, desiring spiritual gifts. And, here, and, and, this, and this is Jesus, and he's, he's just saying this to us like, okay, the works that I've done, greater works will you do because I'm going to my father. And if I go to my father, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And so the very one who empowered me. Is going to be the very one that empowers you so that what I started in this earth, you're going to keep it going by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, this is going to happen through gifts. This is going to happen through God, by His grace, giving you special powers. Not for you. Not for your private prayer closet benefit. But for you to be able to express the kingdom of heaven in Baton Rouge. In your church. In your home. In your family. In your workplace. In your school. I want to give you powers. Gifts. So that this world will know. That I am the Lord. Because it's not going to happen just simply by your word. This is what I expect of you. Jesus would say that to me and all of us. This is my expectation. I do not even consider anything less than this. Now the gifts are from God. The ability to heal, the ability to cast out a devil, to do any of those things. You can't generate that. You can't hype yourself up to do something like that. You can't sweat it out, jump up and down, pray loud enough, fast long enough. No, it is a gift. And what you do is you come before God and you earnestly covet those greatest gifts. And I would say to you, what's the greatest gift? What's the need? What's the need in your life? What's the need in your home? What's the need in your family? What's the need in the workplace? Because whatever that need is, I would imagine that's the gift I need. And I should covet it. I should earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but not lose sight of love. Because love should be my pursuit. And I should desire spiritual gifts. Our love is going to fall flat. And be very grievous. So here's what I'd like for you to do. Next few minutes, if you would, would you take your Bibles and come into this altar? Please. Please. And earnestly desire. If you want to make an altar where you are, that's fine. And would you come and would you open up. 1 Corinthians 12, and read those gifts. And we'd, they're going to play on the, on the instruments a little bit. Just play instrumentally for a minute. So that you can talk out loud to God, and you can pray, and you can have some earnest desire going on. All right? Christianity has got to come back. To the supernatural of God. Through every one of you. Every single one of you. I want to show a picture. Do you have it? I have been looking at this picture all day long. Daryl Turner sent this to me. And he wrecked my day. That is an open air evangelist. He goes and he sets his amplifier up. And he's got his little microphone there. And he's got his Bible. On a stack of, I think, books or something. And he preaches. I've been looking at that all day. We're so arrogant. We really are. 
There's a name for that man in heaven, I would believe. There's a reward for that man. He's got a gift. So do you. So do you. Pray with your word. Pray. Look at those gifts. Pray. Ask the Lord for gifts. What, what is it? What is the situation you're in? Maybe somebody's sick in your life. Maybe somebody's hurting. Maybe somebody's addicted. Maybe somebody's demon-possessed. Who knows? But whatever it is, there is a gift of power to answer that. We need to pray for miracles. We need to pray for the power of God. Pray in your tongues. Look, don't be, don't be Baptist or Presbyterian in here. Let your heart talk to God. Pray in your spirit while you're reading the word. Pray out to God. Talk to the Lord. We want a move of God's spirit.